right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rise Network's exclusive Detroit sports podcast, Motor City Sound. It is episode number 54. I am Mitch McCartney here with my co-host, Danny Lusai. Hey, yo. And today joining us, a very special guest. He's the host of the Upside Swings podcast. His name is Stone Hansen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Good. Doing pretty good. How about yourself, man? Doing well. So, um... First, can I just get a, can, can we just get a little insight onto the email name here? Stone.hands. Is, is that, <laughs> is that real? Like, do you, can you not catch or? <laughs> it's a long, long, it's not, it's, I didn't make the email, but eventually it became my email. It's a long story. Where are you uh, based on, by the way? I'm from LA. You're from LA? You like it out yeah. there? Uh, parts of it. <laughs> I, I see. You. I'm just wondering because I, I, I went one time back in February, but it's cool to vacation too. Absolutely. So before we get started, where can uh, where can the audience find you interact with your stuff? Uh, you can find all my work at report underscore court. Um, that's I'll post everything over there. All right, cool. Um, so obviously, you know, we're going to be talking about Pistons, who they should pick. They got the fifth overall selection. I, kind of unfortunately, actually, I mean, they were tied. Uh, with the magic and, and stuff to get the number one overall pick fell all the way down to five. I was you know pretty bummed uh, here in Detroit. We were really, really looking in uh, to get a top four pick. We felt really safe with all those prospects. Unfortunately, we dropped to five, but I mean, it's really not the end of the world. I still think that we'll be able to get a pretty productive player there right now. The three you know, most likely prospects that could be selected there. It seems like it's down to these three, which is Jay Nivey out of Purdue, Shane Sharp out of Kentucky, and then Keegan Murray from Iowa. So we're going to be going through those three players, talking to Stone, what he likes about him, what he doesn't like about him. Because we're we're college basketball guys, but this is this is Stone's area of expertise, if if we'll say. So uh, we're going to go ahead and start with Jay Nivey out of Purdue. 6'4", really, really athletic guard. You can compare him to you know Russell Westbrook, John Morant on the athletic side of things. He shoots not great, but pretty good from deep at you know thirty six percent. I you know personally, I really like Ivy. I think he'd be a very good fit next to Cade. Um, I do think the, one of the things the Pistons is missing is that athletic guard that can score at will. Um, so what do you what do you think about uh, Ivy Stone? In general, I think I'm a little bit lower on Ivy than the consensus, but I think that with the Pistons specifically, the fit really makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that having a guard that can play off of Cade and create a ton of rim pressure is super duper valuable. Um, one thing that makes me lower on Ivy is the decision making, but when you have somebody like Cade there, it helps ease a lot of that uh, because you won't have to rely on Ivy to be like your primary ball handler initiator for every single play. Um, I think that he's good off ball. Uh, he's become a pretty solid catch and shoot guy. Although uh, I think this season, the numbers are a little bit of fool's gold. Um, some of the like long two percentage and uh, free throw percentage weren't, you know, fantastic, but I think that he's going to be a fine catch and shoot type guy. Um, he really uses his athleticism well uh, functionally to get to the rim, especially in the half court too, but transition is where it really pops. Um, the passing is okay. I think that, like I said, you have Cade to mitigate a lot of these sort of lead guard concerns with Ivy. So playing him more as an off ball scoring guard, I think more plays to his strength. So that's why I really like the Pistons fit there. 
do you, because obviously he's a slasher. Um, and I always kind of wanted to know like what you as, as a draft analyst would prefer. Do you prefer to, you know, if you let's obviously, yeah, let's put you in the position of Troy Weaver, say that you're the Pistons GM and you have the fifth overall pick. Are you someone that looks more for a specific need or are you just going to take the best player available? Yeah. So this is um, always the million dollar question for everybody. And I think where I fall is I will generally take best player available unless the talent level is close enough. If I have them in the same tier of guys, generally speaking, I'll take the guy that I think has the better fit and more um, chance to succeed in, in that certain context. If the talent is similar enough level. Um, but if there's a guy like it won't happen. So I'm not trying to get Pistons fans hopes up, but like if one of the top three perceived were to fall down to five, um, regardless of fit, I would just be taking those, one of those guys because uh, they're, or especially Chet and Paolo because they're so much higher than the rest of the field for me. So that's generally how I see it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of differing views on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I think with Ivy, like I, I think he, I guess what just lacks in his game is that like fluidness, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's good. He's athletic and stuff like that, but he's never, I never felt like when I was watching Purdue, I don't know about uh, you stone or Danny, but when I was watching Purdue, I never felt like Ivy was really running the show. He always just seemed like part of the team, you know, and he just benefited off of the system really. Yeah. And part of that is he had like a great, guy in the post they were running some stuff through with Travion Williams he's one of the best passers in the country last season um and running your offense through big is going to probably you know obviously take away some of Ivy's play style and he had two bigs in there with Edie as well that are um so paint uh oriented that it, it doesn't open as many things up for Ivy to really try and showcase that but in the context that he did he still wasn't a fantastic like playmaker or decision maker in my opinion um so that's something that I think he really needs to develop moving forward uh but as like a, a score um like I said in the in the Pistons context I think all of those concerns are, are sort of mitigated and then lastly on Ivy where do you think that his ceiling would land if he ends up being drafted to Detroit and let's say things work out, what do things working out for him in Detroit possibly look like? Where do you think he could be? Is he a guy that could possibly become a number one option and, and want to get out of Detroit? Because I'll, at least as of right now, we all know that Kate is clearly the number one option option on the team. Yeah. I mean, I think as long as you have Cade in Detroit, Cade will probably always be the number one option because that's just how great of a prospect that I view him as. But I think if like Ivy were to reach his high end outcomes, we're talking like, you know, 10, 5% tile outcomes, then I think that Ivy could be like a perennial all-star type guy. Um, I'm not really sure if I would ever necessarily view him as like un a number one, like a John Morant necessarily. I know he gets a lot of those comps. I don't know if I necessarily see that, but I could see him as like being one of the better number twos in the league. Uh, maybe I'm really not the same player really at all, but in, in terms of caliber of impact, maybe like a Zach Levine or something where they're like perennial all-stars, but maybe not the number one guy you're looking towards to, to run your team. Do you have a certain player in the NBA that you kind of compare him to right now? 
Um, generally I'm not one for comparisons just because I think that misses a lot of nuances and aspects within guys games. So there's different things I draw from. Um, I think that uh, the Westbrook comparison makes some sense in the fact that they're both just uber athletic and rely upon their athleticism in a lot of ways in the half court. Um, and neither of them are like great passers, but their athleticism opens up opportunities for them. So I, I guess that's maybe one of the comparisons I would lean on, but I think Ivy's probably a better shooter. Um, and I'm not quite sure that he's the level of like dynamic athlete that, that Westbrook was. Uh, but I, Ivy is a ridiculous athlete and has pretty solid burst. So um, that's sort of the parallel I would go towards. But again, I'm not really one for like one for one type comps. No, no, that's fair. You're, you're honestly, you're probably saving yourself from a lot of heat by not being uh, a fan of one-on-one comps. All right. So to transition to another athletic freak, someone who's just really, really unknown in this draft, obviously it's going to be Shane Sharp, you know, uh, freshman out of Kentucky, didn't play a single minute of college basketball. I mean, honestly, I mean, pretty similar to Jane Ivy, freakish athlete. We really don't know a ton about this guy. Stone, if you could do us one thing, when talking about Shane Sharp, can you please tell us why he's being looked at as a lottery pick, having not played a single minute of college basketball? <laughs> yeah, I think um, a lot of it stems from, well, obviously all of it stems from his high school play because he hasn't played any college. Um, and I think that he's being miscast as something that he isn't as a prospect. Um, and that's being what I think people perceive Jaden Ivy to be, which is like a functional half court type athlete that can get to the rim at will. Uh, Sharp has a really weak handle. He's, he's not a very good ball handler. And I think that limits a lot of what he can do in terms of the rim pressure and the advantages that he can create. He's not the advantage creator that Ivy is um, probably a better shooter. I think that he's a better shooter off the dribble. Um, but he's still streaky in, in that regard as well. Um, the athleticism really pops when he's uh, as a vertical athlete, uh, somebody who like cuts back door and can be like a lob threat or somebody that can be, um, he was really impressive as a shot blocker near the rim, as a help side rim protector uh, for being a guard, especially uh, even though the defense in general is pretty inconsistent on a uh, play to play basis. Um, But I think he's being miscast as like more of this athletic guard who can sort of just use his athleticism at will. And I don't think that's really what he is. He has sort of subpar burst and paired with the subpar handle. It's just not something that um, really allows the athleticism to be functional. Um, but I, I, I view him a lot lower than most people. Um, I don't view him as a lottery prospect, but he's getting cast. I know by most as like this top five type guy. That's insane for me to hear you say that because when I was like doing a little bit of research on this guy, because this is the most likely, uh, this is the most likely player that the Pistons are going to pick up. All the NBA analysts said that if he played a college game, that he would have actually been ranked higher. And um, the fifth spot is actually like a really good spot for him. And like the Pistons are actually going to be able to like steal a good player. The thing that scares me is you said something about his ball handling being really garbage. Um, (laughs) The thing is, is that we need a player like in Detroit, like the pressure on the rim is really good. And for, for us to have like a finisher like that at the rim, that'd be nice. But like, I don't think that that would fit in well with the Pistons because I think we need a playmaker and we need a guy that can open up some space and actually create some shots for himself. So do you think that 
the Pistons will benefit off of this pick or this uh, player and his play style? Uh, I would prefer going a lot of other directions before I would look towards sharps. Um, <laughs> like a nice way to say that. Yeah. I know after I've been podcasting now for a year and a half or so, I've, I've become better at, at phrasing my words. Um, but uh, I think that he... Uh, playing off ball is fine because I think he is a fine shooter. Again, he's still streaky, but I think eventually in time that'll, that'll um, be better and and sift itself out. But um, the big thing is the, the ball handling, because he's a decent passer. He's not like a Cade where he's an overly complex passer that can see things, you know, like a half step before they're happening. That's not really sharp. And the fact that he can't create more advantages near the rim, it, it sort of limits him to being a guy who is more of a ball mover, like on the perimeter, because he's not able to put pressure or suck in defense. He now has to rely upon just finding guys off of like jabs or things like that. And it's just less of an area that he's able to, you know, display any sort of passing. So he's a fine connective passer. He's I think going to be an okay defender. Um, and an okay, like off ball shooter. Uh, but yeah, there, there's other ways I would look before I tend to lean towards Ivy or sorry, sharp, especially for the Pistons. Do you think that he's just completely like being sold as, and I, I know you, you did say you, you feel like he's being oversold. You do not think that he's a lottery pick. Do you feel like he is just completely being sold as something like that? He truly is not in the sense that like this guy is really nowhere near like ready for the NBA. He just has all these features that like he's just, he's a huge, huge what if. I mean, he just feels he feels like something like if I had if I was a GM that knew that no matter what I was doing, no matter who I picked, I was not going to get fired. I'd be like, yeah, screw it. I'll take Shane Sharp. Why not? He might be he might turn out to be really good. Do you feel like he is that much of a risk regardless of who takes him? Uh, I don't I, I think that there's aspects to his game that make him NBA ready. Like, I don't think he's necessarily like a super project, um, like as opposed to somebody else that's sort of unknown, like a Leonard Miller or something. But I think that Sharp is, he's got aspects to his game that can contribute right away. Like I said, the off ball shooting and, and other aspects, but I think that he's being sold as more of a, more of an all-star type guy, more of a guy like Ivy that is a solid ball handler and can just use his athleticism whenever he wants. And that's just not really what Sharp is. Um, so I think that I, I think he is definitely um, more of a risk at in, especially in like top five area than people probably think, but I don't think he's like sort of this boom or bust guy either. I don't think he's going to like fall out of the NBA or anything. I just think that his skill set is much different than what people perceive because of the way that he's been sold by like most major media outlets and things like that. Do you think he'd be able to make an impact if drafted by the Pistons quick, like quickly and not nothing, not nothing huge, but I guess just look the part, especially playing and, with Mexico Cade too. Okay. Well, yeah. Having Cade as your lead guy definitely makes anyone look better. Um, but I think that having uh, taking him in the top five, It'll be, he'll he'll be fine. I think as an NBA player, like 
uh, his first year, second year, um, probably not like super efficient or anything, but he'll be like fine. But I don't think he's going to look the part of a top five guy, in my opinion, if you were to take him top five. Like, I think the dividends that, that would come from his first year would probably dis- be disappointing for where you would have picked him. I, you know, I, I think from what I've heard from Stone, I think I'm officially out on Shaden Sharp because I got to be honest, <laughs> the dude, the dude was like, like, you know, in a video game when there's a locked character and it's, they're just like black. That was a sense yeah. of Shane Sharp to me. I absolutely nothing. It's about too much of a, it's too much of a risk to be honest with you. I mean, he, he's coming out of high school, didn't play a game with the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, he doesn't really have a good three point shot. Um, his, his slashing ability and his athleticism is really good. I mean, I think he would be able to benefit and play uh, good next to Cade, but Cade has to be on the floor. And the thing is, is that we need somebody that's also going to be leading the charge and going to be able to um, get, give these team, give this team like opportunities to win games and finish these games out because that was one of our biggest problems is that we didn't have guys step up at the end of the games. When it came to clutch time minutes, I mean, everybody kind of just deflated and Cade was out there kind of by himself. I mean, Sadiq Bay picked up towards the end of the year a little bit, but um, other than that, I mean, I didn't really see any like uh, players stand out to me. So to have Shaden Sharp come on our team when we don't even know how he plays. And even if we have Kate, I mean, it just, it still doesn't matter. I mean, I still need to see more out of this guy before we just throw a top five lottery pick, you know, at him. It's, it's going to be a mistake. We'll let the Kings make as, as they've shown yeah. us that they're probably going to make <laughs> considering their, their you know, franchise history. I think that there is a real chance that Sharp does go to the Kings at four, honestly, but I think there's a higher chance that that pick is probably traded. I mean, picking up a guy that's projected to be an all-star is good because the Pistons need that and we need somebody next to Cade. But like the thing is that if this guy is not going to be making his shots, if this guy's not going to be leading the team, then what's the point of even picking him up? And honestly, I'm at this point, I would just pick up Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray at this point. And I'm not really big on picking up a forward. And like I was really big on picking up a center last year, but I think our center rotation is pretty good enough, like Olenek, um, Bagley. We have Isaiah Stewart. So we have like a good. You didn't say DeAndre Ayton. Oh, yeah. DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> Dude, if we got DeAndre Ayton, that would be nuts. That I could, mean, that, that would just happen. change. Yeah, that would change everything. This It would change this entire conversation. And for us to try to move Grant, and I think we should move Grant to a to a team where we can have a better um, better draft position or even if we like fall down a little bit like to the seventh spot. It could be Portland. It could be Portland. Um, right, well, he's been rumored there. Exactly. We'd still be able to pick up you know, key pieces. And I think that the position that we're at right now, I mean, I thought that the Pistons were going to be a top three pick. So if we're not getting Paulo, if we're not getting Chet, and if we're um, – if we're not getting any of those guys, I mean, I don't really see the point of just trying to like, you know, get like a mediocre player out of the draft, like Shaden Sharp, like where we don't know what his potential is. I mean, I'd pick up a Ford. I mean, at this point, and Keegan Murray looks pretty good to me. I mean, the guy is going to be the oldest guy in the draft. Uh, he improved his three point shooting for more than 10 percent with it from his freshman year to his sophomore year. Um, guys just NBA ready and it's going to be like the safest pick for us at number five. So now that we transition to Keegan Murray, I mean, what is your, what is your thoughts on him? Do you think that picking up a forward, uh, the Pistons picking up a forward is a good move for them, even though we have a good forward rotation, or do you think that, um, do you think that, uh, he's gonna, well, do you think that he's going to make an impact in general? 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that he will be making a pretty big impact pretty soon, like like pretty soon into entering the league. Uh, you can't really have enough like shooting forwards that can also defend. Like every team just wants as many of those as you can get. Um, and Keegan is like a fine passer too. Uh, the thing with Keegan to me is he is 22 and I think Keegan is a very safe play, but I'm not necessarily sure that I'd want him at five. I think there's more upside to be had there. Um, I think that Keegan is going to be a, like a very productive NBA player, a very plus NBA player. Um, I don't necessarily see like all-star necessarily with him, but I think that he can be uh, a really solid uh, I mean, maybe in terms of just impact, not necessarily like comparison to what they are as players, but like a Sadiq play, a Sadiq Bay type impact um, where, you know, they're fine third option on a team, but you're not really wanting them to be like your, your first or second or anything. Um, and I think that, you know, that has value being uh, at the Pistons with Cade and having sh- shooters that can defend surrounding him. But I just think that there's more upside to be had when you're picking at number five. So if you, what would that upside be? Like give, give us the stone Hanson pick. He's the GM of the Pistons as of right now. Uh, well, okay. Well, I probably would be looking to trade down if I was the Pistons in this class, particularly at five, but if I'm staying at five, the two names that pop out to me, I really like AJ Griffin. Um, I think that, uh, as, he wasn't able to show everything at Duke. I think that context was fine for him. It really showed, you know, that he is probably like the best shooter in this class, in my opinion. Um, And he is like super, uh, he has great awareness. It's just the athleticism wavered a bit because of the injuries that he had coming into this season. Um, The other two names that I really like uh, Jalen Duran here would be awesome. I think Uh, you guys did get Marvin Bagley, but I think that, um, yeah, Duran provides probably he's probably my favorite roller in this class in terms of a pick and roll guy outside of Paolo. Uh, I think that he's a really good passer outside of the short roll, uh, really has great vertical athleticism and can solidify you um, as like a defensive anchor on that end. Uh, and then the, the third guy I really like would be uh, Benedict Matherin here. I think that uh, I'm probably higher on Matherin than a lot of people, but the off-ball shooting is really nuclear, in my opinion. Um, he developed a lot in season as like a, a pick-and-roll guy, someone that can pass a lot more uh, than he showed previously. Uh, and in-season development is really big in terms of evaluating prospects. Uh, and then defensively, I think he can be a plus like positional defender, but the size isn't really there for him to be like a multi-positional type guy. Yeah, I honestly, I agree with you. And that was going to be one of the players that I kind of wanted to discuss. Obviously, we wanted to keep the the core um, to Sharp, Ivy, and Murray. But I, I, the few times I did watch Benedict Matherin, um, you know, because we're East Coast, he's on West Coast time. So the, the time difference is, is way different. I saw just an absolute dog. I mean, he plays every game like it's his last. I love, I would, that, like, he's someone that I think if the Pistons did stay at five and selected him, a lot of people, um, you know, who maybe aren't, as diehard of, you know, NBA fans and wouldn't know Benedict Matherin are going to be pretty upset about it. But I personally would not mind that reach at all. Cause I just, I, I don't think that 
Like I'm not in love with any of these prospects. Like obviously Shane Sharp has a lot of questions. Jay Nivey has a lot of questions. Keegan Murray seems like a pretty safe pick, but like you said, he's probably at best a third option. We're looking for more than that. I think that Matherin is probably a, a budding star, honestly, and, and has the, has the possibility to, to be better than what he's going to be drafted at in this league. Yeah, for sure. And I think that there's, he's not the best ball handler right now either. Um, but again, as like sort of this off ball guy, uh, when you're playing next to Kate, I think he's, in my opinion, I view him as like a better shooter than sharp. Um, I think that he is more functional in terms of how he uses his athleticism. Um, but uh, yeah, I would prefer taking more of the upside swing part in the pun at five with Matherin, uh, as opposed <laughs> to <Murray. help> yourself. <laughs> hey, that's a good marketer right there, man. You got to plug yourself in as much as you can. Any opportunity, <laughs> any opportunity, man. Yeah. I mean, I would, I love, uh, I would love, uh, Durant what was Durant. Uh, Duran, yeah, Duran, fucking so many Durans, but I would like him because he's got hustle. I mean, that's like the kind of, uh, <laughs> that's the kind of, uh, hustle that you want on the Detroit Pistons. I mean, that's like kind of like our culture is like, you have like major hustle. You're like right in front of like the ball handler most of the time. I mean, he had pretty good defense when I watched him like what, one or two times on like a Twitter video, <laughs> but, right. but I mean, he was, uh, he is the type of guy that, I mean, I would look for, I mean, but like what kind of, pl- what kind of play style? or archetype would you kind of aim for when you want to improve this Pistons team like because the thing is that we don't want to uh, get a guy for like the future like five years down the road or something and just wait for him to develop we need somebody that's going to hit the ground running right now so what kind of play style would benefit the Detroit Pistons uh, right off the bat well that's sort of the beauty of having Cade as your number one guy on your team because now there's so many different ways you can go with building out outward, right? If you start from Cade and move outward, then you have a lot of different options that you can go with because he does make people look so good because he is such a, a versatile player. Um, I I think it really showed when you guys brought in Marvin Bagley uh, last season, um, having somebody that can be a role threat. Um, Stewart is fine, you know, but he's, he's not really that pick and roll threat with the vertical um, ability that Bagley has. So that really, I think, opened up a lot for the Pistons, uh, being able to have someone that can be that pick and roll guy. And uh, now you have a lob threat and then you have somebody that um, hopefully the defense will suck into and, and then you have kickout options. So that, I think, really is probably what sells me with Duran to the Pistons because he's sort of like a much better version of that. Um, and then I think that, you know, you can't go wrong surrounding a guy with like Cade with shooters. Um, so any sort of shooting as well uh, and, and plus defense can, can really help you. You, you really, I think the one thing you want to avoid is somebody that um, doesn't really play both ways. Probably with this team, you, you don't want to end up like the Knicks where you have a bunch of guys that play one way that are defenders or, or shooters, but don't do things both ways. Um, so you want to try and surround Cade with people that do do that. Okay. And then last question to wrap up the pod. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. Obviously the DeAndre Aiden rumors, those are pretty hot. It's looking like it's, it's possible that he could be coming to Detroit this summer. Do you think the possibility of him coming there? Because we know that Troy Weaver knows about this. Do you think that this affects the way that he would, he's going to be drafting here in a month or so? 
I don't think it affects the way that he's going to be drafting because I think that you guys are probably locked in at five with one of the one of the guards between Sharp and Ivy. So I don't think that Aiton really affects what you guys do with that pick in particular. Maybe it affects more what you do um, like with two-way guys or something, but even then probably not because they're just two-way guys. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really think so. The, the Aiton sweepstakes are interesting, though, because I think there's a lot of teams that are want him and are probably in the running if he were to leave uh, Phoenix. How big of an impact do you think he makes on Detroit if he lands here? A big one, because I think he's a much better... Um, DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. guy freaking monster. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have a guy that, like I said, provides that lob threat, and then also you can just like give to on the post to create more um, for himself as opposed to Marvin Bagley, who I don't think really does that at any level. Um, and then Aiden, the power forward at that point, Marvin Bagley, if we picked up DeAndre Aiden, and I think that Troy if, Weaver would be yeah. for a guard in the draft. So, um, or I, you could just let Bagley walk, honestly, because uh, you don't have to pay him necessarily if you bring Aiden in. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, I think that Aiden does help a lot, but I think you probably need more on the wings, even once you do get Aiden. But I think that, you know, he 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 gives you that number two option that you're probably hoping to get at five with this pick. I think Aiton solves that problem, though. And that'll do it for episode 54 of the Motor City Sound, Rise Network's Detroit exclusive podcast. Be sure to follow our guest on Twitter. It is at report underscore court. And he is the co-host of Upside Swings. Make sure to see them and check out their stuff. But They're what, really but, good. But what is his what is his name, Daniel? Dude, it's Stone Cold Hansen. Stone Cold Stone Hansen. Stone Cold Stone Hans Hansen. That's his like email, isn't it? It's like Stone.hands. Yeah. So you know, email him too if you want. I mean, but that'll do it for this episode. Thank you for listening and hope to see you guys next week. Go pistons.